grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. The vision is glorious, and the disciples are fearful. Fearful and foolish is how we find the disciples quivering and questioning what is going to become of them, and for good reason. It had started great. It had started wonderful. Jesus had had come to James and John, to Peter, kind of his inner ring, and said, hey guys, we're going on a field trip. How cool is that? They get to have some private time, some special time with Jesus, just the three of them and the Lord, and they're they're going up onto the mountain for a nice hike. Maybe they're going to have a picnic. Just some, some good time, some QT, some quality time with the Lord. It's awesome. They didn't realize how awesome it was going to be. As they make their way up on top of the mountain, and there, suddenly, they get a vision that is glorious. A transforming vision of the Lord himself. There, now the veil is pulled back as the Lord had had come to them in lowliness, in humility. But for a moment, now, they get this glimpse of glory. Seeing Christ, seeing our Lord Jesus as he truly is, the Son of God, that veil is pulled back and they see him there. His clothes are dazzling white. And I I love the details that Mark gives. He says, you know, there's no launderer on earth that could get them as white as Jesus' clothes were. Shout out for all you laundry people out there, right? Okay, so his clothes are dazzling white, but that's not the half of it. Also, we have some very special guests who are with the Lord They see not only Jesus, but also Moses and Elijah, these great figures of the the law and the prophets from the Old Testament, the three of them having this sudden impromptu conference on top of this mountain. The vision is glorious, overwhelming for the disciples. And perhaps that explains then how Peter responds next in foolishness as he just starts running his mouth, as he is prone to do, as any of us are prone to do. Wow, Rabbi, it is good to be here. Right, guys? Oh, sorry. (laughs) It is so good to be here. Goodness gracious, Jesus, Elijah, Moses. You know, I'm just, I'm thankful, and I'm thinking maybe we could... Make some tents here. We could do some tabernacles. One for you, Jesus. One for Moses. One for Elijah. And Mark uncharacteristically decides that he needs to editorialize at this moment. One of my favorite asides that we have in all of the, the Gospels is Mark says, and Peter didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> because he was terrified. He was being so foolish as his mouth was just running. And because of that, then he is so fearful he and the other disciples and Matthew tells us that at this point they fall flat on their faces when the voice from the cloud the father speaks this is my beloved son listen to him they were fearful and they were foolish and they didn't know what was going to become of them when suddenly in that moment they are face to face with this vision of glory and the chasm between that perfection and their sinfulness was all too wide. Maybe you've had that feeling before, perhaps not quite getting that glimpse of glory, that glorious vision, but maybe you've had those moments when suddenly you see yourself 
in your foolishness, in your sinfulness. And it's a fearful thing. I remember this moment a number of years back. I was a camp counselor at a, a different Christian camp elsewhere in Michigan, and I was leading a Bible study. And I hadn't looked real closely at what we were going to be talking about beforehand. Didn't have a whole lot of time and got together with the other kids in this Bible study. And as we did, we were looking through the Gospel of Matthew. And in particular, at this verse from the Gospel of Matthew, this is Matthew 12, 36. Jesus says, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. By your words, you will be justified and by your words, you'll be condemned. Harsh law from the Lord. And this may not surprise you, then as now, I talk a lot. <laughs> it's kind of an occupational hazard for pastors, to be honest. Uh, but when I read and heard that word of the Lord, it suddenly cut me to the heart. Every careless word you speak. And later I would have this dream, one of these kind of almost lucid dreams. You ever have one like that? where suddenly it's like I was just getting these cascading waves of all the foolish, careless words that I have spoken, all of them just rushing at me. I was seeing, I was replaying in my mind these conversations that I had, things I had said, boasts that I had made, and they just kept coming me one after another, boom, 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 like waves in the lake just hitting me over and over and over again. I remember having this feeling, this sensation, like I was sinking, like I, I just couldn't catch my breath as I was just seeing myself and all of my foolishness and all of my sin. Maybe you've had moments like that. When you come suddenly face to face, it's maybe in those moments when you, uh, when you get caught in a lie, say. Or when you succumb to some temptation that you had promised yourself that you weren't going to give into again. Where you have some, some fit of anger, some burst of anger that you tried to keep under control, but suddenly it just all comes out. And in that moment, you remember those words of our Lord when he says, not only every careless word you've spoken that you'll be held accountable for, but also out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And in those moments, those moments of careless sin, of foolish pride, you can't help but wonder, what's really in my heart? Maybe in other times when everything is just going nice and smooth, I'm able to keep a cap on it. I'm able to, to put a good face before others and perhaps even for the Lord. But then there are those moments when the cap comes off, when the veil is pulled back, and you see the enormity of your sin, this great yawning chasm between how you are and between how God is. And you can't help but feel fearful, wondering whether you're going to be swallowed up in that gap. It's in moments like that, you and I, we look in the mirror, we see our sin in all of its ugliness. We want to be like, like Moses and just put that veil over it so that other people can't see it and perhaps not even God. Because you think, when I come face to face with God, how will I be able to stand? How could I possibly fit in his kingdom like the disciples? You feel foolish and fearful and wonder what's going to become of you. And understandably so. But that's why this transforming vision that we receive 
of Jesus here is such dazzling good news for those disciples and for you and me. You know, it's a truism throughout the scriptures that nobody, nobody can see God face to face and live. Much less some foolish sinner who has been running his mouth not knowing what he is saying in the presence of Almighty God. So there are are Peter, James, and John flat on their face wondering what's going to become of them. And I can't help but think of a, a verse from the hymn, Abide With Me. There's a line in that hymn that says, Come not in terrors as the King of Kings, but kind and good with healing in thy wings. And so we see our Savior come to the disciples in this moment. He comes to them not in terrors as the King of Kings, but kind and good as their gently Savior and Lord. As uh, St. Matthew tells us in his account of the transfiguration, in that moment, while the disciples are fearful and trembling, quivering and questioning what's going to become of them, Jesus comes over to them and gently places his hand upon them and says, Rise and have no fear. And as Mark tells us, when they lift up their eyes and they look, they see no one but Jesus only. They see no one but the Savior who has come in order to rescue them. They see no one. They see no longer Moses and Elijah, those witnesses of the law and the prophets that accuse them and call them to account for all of their sins. Instead, they see no one but Jesus only, the Redeemer, the one who has come to bear their foolishness and their fear and their pride onto himself and to bury it once and for all. They see no one but Jesus only. And in that moment, that transforming vision, they see the Lord who has come to transform their their bondage into freedom, to transform their foolishness into forgiveness, to transform their fearfulness into faithfulness. That's what Christ came to do, and that's what he does for them. And it's what, friends, he does for you and me. It's what he does for you and me with this transforming vision. Because there's always that place in our hearts that we question and wonder that when we come before the Lord, when we see him face to face, how could I possibly stand? How could I be fit to enter his kingdom? And in yourself and in myself, we're not, we're not. And you think, well, it's only a matter of time before that veil is pulled back before everybody else and God on high sees me in all my ugliness for as I truly am. But know this, God's already pulled back the veil. He sees your heart. And he is not frightened. He is not dismayed. Because when he looks at you, he sees the sacrifice. He sees the shed blood of his son Jesus that covers all your sin. He sees his perfect, beloved child. And so what do we see? We see Jesus only. Love this verse from our epistle reading, 2 Corinthians. Paul says, We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transfigured into the same image from one degree of glory to another. See, just as Jesus was transformed and transfigured on that mountaintop, so also you are too. Now, It's happening, that work of the Spirit at work in you as you behold the Lord. Look to Him. Behold Him who is for you. Don't look at your sins. Don't look at your righteousness, at yourself. 
Don't look at and think, look at all the great things that I have done, all that I have accomplished, nor look at all of the, the failures, the, the sins of commission or omission. Don't look there. Look to Jesus. Behold him. Look to him. Look to your Lord in prayer. Behold him in prayer and come to him, offering up the fears of your heart and all those words, those concerns for all the things that you've said, the regrets that you have. Look to him. Behold him. Behold the Lord who comes to you, lowly and meek in the sacrament, in the simple bread and wine. Behold him by faith. Look to him and hold him in your heart. It means you hold it in your mouth. Behold him. Behold him in one another. In the saints that you are gathered around here, this body of Christ, behold him who comes to you mercifully, who speaks to you words of, of encouragement through the mouths of one another. Behold him and behold him in the precious promises that he gives to you and me throughout Scripture. Promises like in Hebrews 12 where it says, fix your eyes on Jesus, right? Fix your eyes on Jesus, who is not only the author of your faith, but also the perfecter, see? He knows the job that he has gotten himself into. He's not like our governments which sign up for a project and they never know if they're going to finish, right? Instead, you have a kindly Lord who knows what it takes from beginning to end to see this work through. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Or again, from 1 John chapter 3, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. And we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Behold him. And once more from 1 Corinthians 13. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, and then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Your Savior has pulled back the veil. We have seen this transforming vision to see the Lord as he truly is. But he's pulled back the veil on you and me too. And we all, with unveiled faces and unveiled hearts, look on our Lord, behold him, and believe him when he says that you are his, you are forgiven, you are beloved. And know that when God looks at you, the vision is glorious. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to confess our faith.